Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. Reminder that Thursday, this Thursday, April 25th, from 6 to 8 at Whiskey 6 in Gross Point, we're going to host a Smart Politics Happy Hour. Nancy Derringer from Deadline Detroit and Sandra Swoboda of Great Lakes Now will join me as you lead the conversation about the issues that matter most to you. You're going to tell us what's on your mind as we prepare to go up north to Mackinac Island for the Mackinac Policy Conference at the end of May. We will take your concerns to the elected officials and policymakers who will be gathered there. So mark your calendar, April 25th, this Thursday, 6 to 8 at Whiskey 6 in Gross Point. A little later in the show, we're going to meet Liesl Clark. She is the new director of the Department of Environmental Quality here in Michigan. Uh, we're going to talk to her about what the priorities look like for environmental issues under the administration of new governor Gretchen Whitmer. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that conversation. It'll get started at about half past the hour. But first, now that the redacted version of the Mueller report is out, the big question is about what Congress might do with it. Mueller left a lot of the decisions about further charges or further investigations to the legislative branch. And his boss, William Barr, has made it really clear that the Justice Department will pursue things no further. But for Democrats who now control the House of Representatives, there are serious political questions as well as the legal ones that surround their decisions. And with the presidential election looming next year, those questions become even more important. We want to hear today from two members of the Michigan congressional delegation. Uh, Alyssa Slotkin is going to join us soon. She is the new representative for Michigan's 8th congressional district. She's a Democrat from Holly. But first, we are joined by Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, a Democrat from Dearborn who represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. Debbie, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. It's always good to be here, and happy Earth Day. Yes, happy Earth Day. That's uh, appro- appropriate uh, timing for our conversation with Liesl Clark as well. Uh, Debbie, let's start with your initial reactions to the Mueller report. Your tweet on Thursday, I thought, was very interesting. You said, with the release of the report, it's my intent to read it myself before reacting, not comment on other people's conclusions. It would be useful for Mueller to testify so that we can actually hear directly from the special counsel, not have others interpret his findings. Uh, It's a few days later. You've had more time to go through the report. What do you think of it now? Well, I read it Thursday night, and then I'm rereading it again now to try to get more into depth on it. Uh, I am very concerned. You cannot read this report and not know how serious it was that Russia tried to interfere in our elections uh, and do so. And that Russia is trying very hard to. I think we've. Yeah. I think we're losing you here. Uh, Still there. Okay. We're going to have Debbie call back uh, and we'll get her on a better connection so that we can actually have the conversation with her about the Mueller report. Meanwhile, uh, let's get the phones going here. Uh, what did you think of the Mueller report? Now that you've had a couple days to digest what's in it, think about what people's reactions to are to it. Uh, what do you think uh, ought to happen now? What do you think Congress ought to do with the Mueller report? What do you think that uh, other prosecutors ought to do with the Mueller report? Is this something that you want to see 
pursued going forward in a way that uh, that extends the conversation about how Russia interfered in the 2016 presidential election and maybe how the uh, Trump administration inter mingled with uh, those Russian inter- interferences? Or is this something you think we just uh, ought to move move on? Uh, again, always on the number on the phones. The number is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you back into the conversation. And we've got Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, representative of Michigan's 12th Congressional District, back with us. Debbie, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Sorry, oh. you were having a hard time hearing me. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, what, what I was going to say was, having read this report, I read it Thursday night, stayed up all night, didn't sleep because of things in it, and I'm now going through the process of rereading it again. There are things that are very clear in this, which is Russia tried to interfere in our election. Russia is trying to attack the fundamental pillars of our Constitution and to divide us as a country. And what I wonder about is how successful they're being, how much are they responsible for some of this division of hate and fear that we see, and that they're going to try to do it again in 2020. And how are we going to make sure that that doesn't happen? I think I still want to hear what Mueller has to say why he goes up to the line. I've heard many people interpret it. I've heard some good lawyers say that he does believe that a sitting president cannot be indicted. What does he think the Congress should do? I want to hear that. And I think we have some very tough decisions. We cannot let people think it is okay what happened. If a Democrat was a target of this report, people would be screaming all over the place. And I do believe that if Russia, a foreign agent, approached somebody in any campaign and wanted to work with them to help somebody else, to help attack this country in some way, there's a responsibility to report it to the FBI. It is very clear that there were numerous, numerous uh, contacts between people connected with the Russian government and people inside the Trump world. Uh, how we proceed is going to require very thoughtful conversation, but we cannot let them think it was okay. So, so I wonder what you make of the idea that the White House is putting forward, which is that this this report exonerates the president and those around him from being involved in this Russian interference in the 2016 election. They're saying. Uh, Robert Mueller, Mueller makes no real conclusions about that, about his his culpability. I didn't read it that way out of the report, but I wonder what your impression was. Well, I think that Mueller's very clear that this report does not exonerate the president. So in that there were people that were talking to Russians and talking about how did they have information that could tip our election one way or the other. Uh, I think that the Attorney General, I'm deeply disturbed by his four-page summary and his press conference, which I think was misleading, certainly did not summarize much of the data that was inside that report, and he sounded much more like a defense attorney for the president than he did the chief law enforcement officer for these United States. But, you know, what we do next, while we have to make it very clear you cannot condone what went on with the Russians, we also, are we succeeding in helping the Russians? Uh, 
by further continuing to divide this country? Are they attacking the fundamental pillars of our democracy? We have some really serious discussions to have, and I think Mueller's testimony, where he will give us hopefully some insight on what he's thinking. Did his thinking that a sitting president couldn't be indicted drive some of his conclusions is very important. And quite frankly, I'd like to see the attorney general uh, testify as well. Hmm. Uh, So today, House Democrats have a conference call to discuss this. I'm really curious about how that works. How do you have a conference call with all the members of uh, the delegation? What happens on those conference calls? And what do you expect to come from that conversation? Okay, so I'm always the blunt one, right? You're not going to have something that accomplishes something with 200 members of Congress on the phone. But I do want to hear it. I think that I have not spoken to anybody in leadership, but I can guess that we will. I do think it's very important that I I think we have strong chairs, chairs of the Judiciary, of Intelligence Committee, and the House Oversight Committee, uh, which is Nadler, Schiff, and uh, Cummings. I think we're likely to hear from all three of them about what they plan to pursue, how they're going to continue to ask questions. Richie Neal, as well, chair of the Ways and Means Committee, trying to get more financial information. Some lawyers say that if we were to move quickly, it wouldn't allow us to ask more questions or to pursue. I do think that Congress has has a responsibility. Our forefathers said this for oversight, and we must do that. But I will also tell you that I think that we have also got to make sure we're doing the business for the people and that when I am out, yes, people are disturbed and I've got a district that's, you know, sort of a reflective of the country, but I've got people who are really worried about the cost of prescription drugs and I have people who are really worried about trade agreements and protecting their job. It's a state issue, but it's a federal issue, too. Fix the blank roads. Hmm. You know, so how are we going to do both of these? And we have to do both of these. Hmm. As always, again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to Chris in West Bloomfield. Chris, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen, and Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for taking my call, and thank you for your hard work, Representative Tingle. Thank Um, you. My question is, we have this historical antagonism with Russia, and, you know, in the past, uh, when the party of Reagan would say, you know, the Russians are the bad guys, it was everyone, you know, was able to get into kind of lockstep on our side and put political differences aside. And now you have people wearing shirts that say, I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat. Hmm. And I'm wondering, why is it that as as leaders— that people who share this concern about this existential threat to our government haven't been able to galvanize that sort of public support. Because at the end of the day, the the Mueller report is about somebody working with an outside government to affect our elections. And if that were politically unpopular, then I think that we'd be having a different conversation about how to move forward. Mm. But because so many people are like, so what? I mean, if they had information on Hillary Clinton, then why not get it? It seems like our inability to connect that with this is a threat to your economic interests and to your family and to your children. That's what's stopping us from moving forward, because people are like, you know, the underlying premise is so what? Right. And I'm just wondering, why have we been ineffective at that? Chris, that's a great question. Uh, I, I really appreciate the call. Uh, Debbie, talk about why uh, some of the president's defenders are so dismissive of the idea 
that a the Russians interfered in our in our election, which I don't think there's any real factual question about anymore, uh, but also about the fact that there was all of this cooperation. Now, maybe it doesn't rise to the level of criminal conspiracy. There's no question that there was some cooperation by the president's people in that interference. What is the reason that Democrats are having a hard time making the case that this is a threat to our sovereignty? This is a threat to our democracy? Well, first of all, I don't think this kind of discussion should happen on a partisan basis. I think it should be Republicans and Democrats. I was quite frankly stunned when Giuliani yesterday said, who cares if you share information with the Russian or who... I mean, this is the man that was the hero of 9-11. I, I, I don't know what's happened to him, but I think it's symptomatic of a larger issue, which is people have no longer have trust in institutions. But by the way, that's what the Russians are trying to, the Russians are trying to do. I think that's what I'm struggling with the most, is if we move forward with an impeachment, uh, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, uh, because I think that there have to be consequences, or do you censor, or what do you do? But that's what the Russians want to do. If we move forward with something like that that's done in a, a, a partisan basis and not a bipartisan basis, that further divides this country. And we know this report tells us this, other evidence that we have, Russia is trying to divide this country. It's trying to attack the fundamental pillars of our democracy. And I think that people don't understand how precious our democracy is and that there are people that want to undermine the very foundations of it. And we have to find, I don't want a 9-11 to be what reminds us of that. Uh, We've got to find a way to encourage the best of us in, in each of us and how lucky we are to live in this country without some horrific event causing it. And that's why we've got to do a much better job of talking to people about how a foreign government is trying to undermine our foundations and are trying to divide us. And how much are they contributing to this division we see in this country right now? And a lot of the things that they used, the Facebook tools, they connected with, I think, 140 million Americans via Facebook. They impacted this last election and are impacting and Uh, again, Chris, thanks very much for the call and the questions. Let's get uh, one more call in here quickly. Charlie in Detroit. Charlie, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to first pass my condolences on um, to the congresswoman on her husband's passing. To me, he was a great American hero. Um, yeah, he was. Type of politician, <laughs> type of politician that we need. Um, I don't care what your party is. George W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, those were people that were dedicated to public service, just like John Dingell. And what we have in the White House now is essentially P.T. Barnum. You know, there's a sucker born every minute. He plays on fears, greed, and bigotry. And unfortunately, that sells big in this country. You know, the fool is the fool who follows the fool. And I just wish our company would wake up, or country would wake up and look at what we have become and, and, and think back to what we were and should be. So, so Charlie, what would you have Democrats do right now about what we know and what we've learned from the Mueller report? Well, I think they kind of got a coast. I mean, look, they investigated Hillary Clinton, Clinton 32 times. She was found guilty of nothing. So, But she's not exonerated, you know, like Donald Trump. I mean, it's just 
the hypocrisy is ridiculous. I think we just have to wait it out. We have to find a candidate that can truly stand up to this idiot reprobate and, and you know, take back our country. And would you bring some sanity? But would you have Democrats pursue further investigations, perhaps, or maybe? Yeah, start I think they should. I think Congress has the right to do that. I don't think it's ever going to, you know, rise to the level of impeachment because they're not going to be able to accomplish that. But you know, I guess it was okay for the Republicans, you know, in Congress to, you know investigate Hillary 32 times and come up with nothing. I don't like it, but I think it's going to happen. Hmm. Uh, uh, Charlie, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Debbie, I'll give you a, a few minutes just to respond to what Charlie's saying there. I think some of that is uh, it defines this sort of tough set of decisions that are in front of Democrats in terms of letting this go and moving on to other things or really digging into what's in the Mueller report and trying to meet out some consequences. I think Charles was very accurate on many fronts. Uh, I think that we cannot say that this is okay. To say that, that what happened is okay is not okay. But the question is, how do we proceed? And I do believe that we need to continue to show oversight on a number of other issues, which uh, Congress has a responsibility to do. We have some tough decisions ahead of us. I'm not going to make any final decisions until I hear Mueller testify before Congress and we're able to maybe get more specifics about some of the findings that are in that report. Uh, You will see the committees do their job in these next few weeks. I'll listen to my colleagues on the phone today. And um, we got it. But my overriding goal is how do we bring this country back together, together and remind us how lucky we are to live in America. United we stand, divided we fall. And how does whatever we do not further contribute to dividing us? Okay, Debbie Dingle, representative of Michigan's 12th congressional district. Always great to catch up with you here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Up next, we're going to talk with Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin and get her reaction to the Mueller report. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking about reactions to the Mueller report among our members of our Michigan congressional delegation. We heard from Debbie Dingell in the first segment. Now we want to turn to a new member of our congressional delegation. Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin is a Democrat from Holly. She represents Michigan's 8th congressional district. Alyssa, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, quickly, let's get your reactions to the Mueller report. You've got a background in foreign intelligence. I would imagine that some of the things you saw there were rather disturbing. Yeah. Well, you know, I had said for a long time that I was going to read every page of the Mueller report. So we printed out the 448 pages, (laughs) turned it into a binder, and I read every page. Um, And I will tell you, there's sort of, to me, two big separate conversations. One is what the Russians did and attempted to do in our elections, 
So all the social media, the you know, the accounts that they created, all of the ads that they targeted, some of them specifically at Michigan, the hacking, um, kind of their their active campaign to influence our elections and then um, for Donald Trump, certainly. And then separately, what the administration did, um, the president, but also people around him. And I think in both cases, um, whether it's the Russians or the administration, they just they acted in ways that are fundamentally unbecoming um, of uh, either a nation in terms of Russia um, and meddling in other people's elections, and then in the administration, unbecoming of the positions that they hold. Um, and in any normal situation, whether we had a Democratic president or a Republican president in normal times, um, we would have had a blue ribbon task force with the greatest minds in a generation on national security and on social media from Silicon Valley to figure out how we protect our elections. We would have done it before 2018. We certainly would have done it before 2020. Um, and now it's about figuring out how we protect our system as best as best we can, given that we don't have that kind of high-level attention to protecting us. Hmm. Uh, and so what do you believe Democrats ought to be doing about this? Uh, there's There's a real question about the law, but then there's also the political context in which all of this unfolds. What, what, what would your preference be? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that it's important that Congress plays two roles, the roles that it's meant to play. One, in oversight. So I do think, you know, Democrats moving forward from the appropriate committees to ask further questions, particularly of um, Bob Mueller, is is a positive thing to do. Um, but then it can't eclipse everything else Congress is supposed to do on the legislative front. And that is always going to be my concern, is that we don't remember that we have two parts to our job. Um, so I support the oversight. I think it's important to figure out, particularly on some specific matters that were redacted, to understand what really happened um, from the man who wrote the report himself. But I also think that if that becomes the dominant theme for the next 18 months, Particularly, you know, I'm a pragmatist. The Senate is with the Republicans. So the reality is that if there's, you know, a call for impeachment, it'll go as far as the House, um, unfortunately. So I think that um, we have to do both jobs, oversight and legislation. Hmm. Uh, are you satisfied with the consequences that have been meted out so far to lots of people who were indicted and charged uh, under under this investigation? Or do you think... Congress ought to push it a little further with uh, with with some of the some of the folks who are still kind of out there and untouched. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, Bob Mueller, I have a lot of respect for Bob Mueller. He was the director of the FBI when I was a young CIA analyst. I got to see him up close and personal in action. Um, And I think the fact that there's over 30 indictments speaks for itself, right, that he found evidence that met a legal standard. And that's what it has to be. It can't, you know, when you're talking about taking further legal action, it shouldn't be political. It should be based on what is available legally in our legal system. And so if there's something there, um, I would be surprised if Bob Mueller did not find it. Um, And I think he was very clear that in some cases he could not meet the legal standard for some individuals. Um, So if there's something more that the Congress wants to understand, I don't mind them asking, but we have to be a nation of rules and laws. And that means if you can't meet a legal standard, you got to move on. Hmm. Uh, So you've also recently introduced a bill that would close some of the loopholes that allow foreign entities to purchase campaign ads on social media 
and on television, that seems to fall right into the category of what you're talking about, the, uh, sort of tightening things up so that this kind of thing doesn't happen as easily in the future. Right. So in absence of sort of a presidential level blue ribbon task force to protect our democracy, we're, we're putting things together. We have a we have a patchwork of thoughts on how to protect our system. And the Paid Ads Act, which I introduced, you know, I think 10 days, two weeks ago, closes a loophole, which I, I frankly was shocked to see is still open, um, that says foreigners can buy ads um, in our political system mm-hmm. for or against a candidate or on a big issue of concern. And we know, gosh, reading the Mueller report, you know, that mid- the Midwest was ground zero for these social media ads. And one, one of the things I learned in the Mueller report, actually, that was new to me is we knew that these ads were put, um, you know, into Michigan in large numbers. I've seen a bunch of these ads. They're divisive. They're meant to split us as Americans and Michiganders. Um, and but what I didn't really realize is the extent to which these ads and these fake groups um, really spread this information. So you have the general counsel at Facebook saying that they think 129 million Americans yeah. at some point or other were exposed to these fake ads. We know we had fake protests that were started by Russian entities with ties to Russian intelligence that resulted in protests and little demonstrations here in the United States. And to me, um, the detail in the Mueller report was pretty disturbing when it comes to being a Michigander. So this closes that loophole. I was really proud that it's a bipartisan bill. Myself and a Republican woman um, who I'm uh, on the Armed Services Committee with, Elise Stefanik, we introduced it. Um, We have bipartisan support in the House and the Senate. So now it's just making sure it gets through committee and comes up for a swift vote. Okay, Alyssa Slotkin, Democrat from Holly, representative of Michigan's 8th Congressional District. Really great to catch up with you here. Likewise. Today. Thanks, Stephen. Mm-hmm. All right, up, up next, we're going to talk with the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality's new leader, Liesl Clark. That department has a new name and a new look today. She will explain what that's about and what it will mean under the administration of Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Mm-hmm.